Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is author and athlete Brad Kearns discovering ways to be healthy, fit, and happy in hectic, high-stress modern life. So let's slow down and take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and expertly balance that competitive intensity with an appreciation of the journey. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. The way you know you're consuming a good bone broth, you can listen to my entire show with Sharon Brown, but generally speaking, you want the product to be gelatinous when it's refrigerated, so it'll kind of uh, firm up if you're buying a good product, whether you're doing a store-bought product or whether you're making it yourself. Uh, the gelatin material is the, uh, the rich source of nutrients that we do not get very easily in other areas of the diet. In the diet scene, especially in the fitness scene, makes me frustrated that people are trying their hardest to do the right thing, to do what they've been told, and to go out there and follow an ill-advised approach that's destined to lead to burnout, breakdown, illness, and injury. breaks my heart, so I want people to have fun, take it easy, and get over themselves. Simple, right-to-the-point message from Jim Sullivan. Brad, you cured my plantar fasciitis. Oh my god! Success! Exclamation point! And he's talking about my now viral YouTube video, uh, How to Cure Plantar Fasciitis, I think it's called. Just search Brad Kern's Plantar Fasciitis and you shall find uh, the secrets, the tips and tricks that I learned from a random podiatrist at a trade show, uh, expo at a race I was announcing, the Urban Cow Half Marathon in Sacramento. This is Brad. I want to tell you about my life-changing acquisition of a personal home-use sauna. I have a 6x6 barrel sauna in my backyard, ready-made heat therapy, a fabulous unit from Almost Heaven. Check out their website. You can very affordably order your own sauna for installation in your backyard or garage and have a sauna experience, the fabulous health benefits accruing from exposure to hot temperatures. Get that sweat going. These are beautiful, traditional dry barrel saunas where you splash the water on the rocks, go in there and relax. It's become a social centerpiece at my home. People traveling from far and wide to come check out the barrel sauna, turn the dial or set the timer and walk in to 200 degrees in the Caribbean seas. For some reason, people like to come to the sauna more than my cold tub. Go figure. Check out almostheaven.com and their beautiful natural wood designs. And pretty soon, surprisingly affordable, you will be in the home sauna business. It's down at the end of Lonely Street. It's Heartbreak Hotel. You leave me so lonely. Hey, listeners. Brad here, fresh off a wonderful trip, including a visit to Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee, home of Ilvis. What a great tour. You could feel the guy. You could feel his presence at his super-duper crash pad, perfectly restored in 
all-out 70s glitz and glamour. Oh, so sad that he had to leave us so soon. Uh, the one thing the tour kind of left out was how this guy exploded all of a sudden from uh, a shy, geeky dude in high school that grew his hair differently and wore uh, clothes that were before his time. Uh, but he was very talented playing guitar to his classmates. And then all of a sudden, he's a worldwide sensation. And oh, my gosh, he was so big at his time because the media was so different then, right? We only had three TV channels, and uh, you couldn't go and listen to to music unless you went to the record store and bought something. He was so huge that you can't even compare it to even today's biggest stars. It's just crazy. He did a uh, the first live televised concert by satellite ever in Hawaii, and a billion people across the world watched it. At that time, the world population was four point something billion. So can you imagine one out of every four people in the world watching an Elvis concert? Yeah! Uh, the one thing I did some research and said, how did this guy blow up so big so quickly? And there was some uh, commentary about uh, the incredible range of his voice, and he had the ability to range three octaves, whatever the heck that means. Uh, but yeah, pretty interesting stuff. And also interesting are these amazing, insightful questions uh, submitted by listeners to the Get Over Yourself podcast. So credit to you all for uh, being engaged and lively and asking some questions that I think will be of wide benefit to all listeners. So we're going to hit these hard. Uh, but we also have some uh, celebrations to cover, uh, such as the quick, simple, right-to-the-point message from Jim Sullivan. Brad, you cured my plantar fasciitis. Oh, my God! Success! Exclamation point! And he's talking about my now viral YouTube video. Uh, how to Cure Plantar Fasciitis, I think it's called. Just search Brad Kern's Plantar Fasciitis and you shall find uh, the secrets, the tips and tricks that I learned from a random podiatrist at a trade show uh, expo at a race I was announcing, the Urban Cow Half Marathon in Sacramento. And this guy gave me a few stretches and he cured my long-suffering 15-year-long case of mild to severe plantar fasciitis that simply would not go away no matter what. And in three weeks of these stretches adhering to this protocol, uh, it was gone forever. And Jim says, I just did my first trail run in over a year and a half after doing the stretches for four months straight. No pain. I'm cured. Thank you. I'll send you all the money I wasted and spent on surgery and orthotics. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe? The guy went under the knife for the nagging condition of plantar fasciitis that can be so greatly uh, alleviated. Uh, by doing these long-duration stretches. So please go watch that video if you have any inkling of suffering from plantar fasciitis. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near for red light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes. And there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation. 
where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I walk across the hall, I stand in front of the panels, and I feel instantly awake and energized. And believe me, there's a lot of days where Mr. Health Guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny, like I don't want to right get up now and get into my morning exercise routine. But when I stand in front of the lights, in one minute, I swear I feel wide awake. I get all that grogginess out naturally. It's super powerful, super effective, besides all the healing and the cellular benefits. I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period and a special 5% discount for BRAD podcast listeners. Just visit mitoredlight, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Uh, next. Sorry, some of the names did not come through from the email, so uh, props anyway to the anonymous uh, writers, and most of the time we got their name. Okay. Uh First one is about bone broth. Can it be simmered in installments? Can you simmer for eight hours, refrigerate, simmer for another eight, or must it be continuous? I don't know the answer. <laughs> Why not just do it continuously? Leave it plugged in overnight or as you go away for work. That's what I've always done is uh, put up to that goal of simmering the bones for 48 hours uh, with a couple tablespoons of uh, vinegar in there. Uh, white vinegar that helps with the uh, leaching of all the nutritional properties out of the bones. But it definitely takes a couple of days of simmering to get the maximum benefits from the bone broth. And the way you know you're consuming a good bone broth, you can listen to my entire show with Sharon Brown, but generally speaking, you want the product to be gelatinous when it's refrigerated. So it'll kind of uh, firm up if you're buying a good product, whether you're doing a store-bought product or whether you're making it yourself. Uh, the gelatin material is the, uh, the rich source of nutrients that we do not get very easily in other areas of the diet the collagen and the glycosaminoglycans that help your joints and connective tissue remain healthy uh, for the rest of your life. Mark Sisson just told me the other day that I should be taking 30 grams of collagen powder, uh, 30 grams of collagen protein powder every day. Why not? At our age, trying to still jump off the ground and clear the high jump bar, got to have strong joints and connective tissue. So I'm on the collagen program, people. How about you? Are you eating a lot of... Uh, joint material, meat on the bone, as Dr. Kate Shanahan identifies as one of the four pillars of human nutrition. Get your collagen game on. 
It's a very interesting molecule that actually has, uh, it's called a heliotropic benefit. That means that when you ingest collagen protein, it will travel to the areas in your body where it's needed most. So if you have a leaky, creaky uh, left shoulder and you start supplementing with collagen and finding those uh, nutritious cuts of meat, you are going to boost the functioning of that left shoulder that needs a, a rebuild, a refresher on the collagen that located in the joint. Fascinating insight. Okay. And there's also uh, more good stuff besides the bone broth question from this listener. Loved your Maffetone interviews, by the way, as well. I'm a faithful math convert and now evangelized to all my type A hard training all the time crew. Actually, I'm in the tennis world, and math has seriously improved my game to the point where I dominate people I used to get crushed by. I took three months off of tennis and did nothing but strict math runs. That's under the uh, 180 minus age in beats per minute cutoff that we talk about so much as the distinction between a properly conducted aerobic training session that'll teach you to burn fat, that's minimally stressful, that you can build, build, build upon, versus exceeding that maximum aerobic function cutoff point, uh, 180 minus your age. So in beats per minute, you get that figure and stay under there, a very, very comfortable pace. If you exceed that number, you start to burn an increasing percentage of glucose and a uh, reduction in the amount of fat oxidation per minute. So when we talk about your maximum aerobic function, that's the maximum fat calories burned per minute for the maximum fat burning aerobic benefits of a workout. Uh, we seem to want to uh, have a greater sensation that we're getting hard work done, that we got a real workout. So we tend to increase that effort beyond the maximum aerobic cutoff. And then we get into the glucose burning heart rates that are slightly stressful. And that over time can push you into chronic exercise patterns where you disturb your hormonal function, you suppress your immune function, and you regress, you succumb to a breakdown, burnout, illness, and injury instead of continual building and strengthening of the aerobic system and nurturing your immune function and your metabolic function and your fat burning capabilities. So it's a huge distinction. Uh, if you're not familiar, if you're not in the endurance athletic world, uh, this might be new information. But for those of you who have listened to me talk about this for a long time, it can make or break the success of your fitness program, that you take it easy on yourself and you do a proper fat burning workout. And it's a simple as taking 180 minus your age and faithfully doing the vast majority of your cardiovascular workouts at or below that heart rate. So this guy turned around his tennis game because, of course, tennis match requires quite a bit of endurance, right? Uh, but we kind of uh, overlook that a lot of times when you're training specifically just hitting your serves and doing a tennis workout. It's kind of a uh, anaerobic activity of short bursts and a lot of downtime. So he took three months off tennis, did strict math runs with plenty of recovery, and now I'm a serious beast out there. Jeff Rouse, are you listening, man? I know you're working hard to try to dominate the 55-plus circuit in SoCal, longtime tennis champion, fitness extreme performer. Go out there and do some jogs. I know it's going to help your tennis game. As a matter of fact, as this listener writes, there's lots of physical burnout in tennis. Lots. 
It's a go all out at all times type of sport. I know a kid trying to go pro right now who's doing sprint workouts and hills five times a week in addition to his tennis workouts, which are pretty insane in themselves. I've been warning him. Hopefully he listens. So that's a good point for athletes in all manner of uh, team sports or specific sports where it's not a pure endurance activity where you have the very structured training and the athletes are wiring up to their wireless heart rate monitor every time they work out. So a tennis player might not be even aware of the distinction between an aerobic workout and an anaerobic session and definitely uh, dig themselves a nice deep hole to get uh, regress with their performance because they are pushing their bodies too hard when they're layering in this high stress. Uh, they call it the black hole. That's the heart rates zone that goes above your aerobic cutoff and into that range where it's not a super hard, like a sprint workout or an anaerobic, uh, anaerobic threshold session. It's just kind of in that in-between land where it's pretty difficult, but it can serve to uh, break you down over time, especially when it's layered in with sport-specific workouts like the tennis workouts. So that could be a huge deal for athletes in a variety of sports. A basketball player that requires that endurance to make it through the season, as well as the explosiveness that you develop in a proper basketball practice session. So if I were counseling a basketball player, I would say get out there and jog very slowly as an adjunct, a complement to all the work that you do in the gym. But nothing beyond that. Someone trying to go out there and run uh, 10 kilometers at a, an impressive pace is just going to uh, bring an additional element of risk into the basketball training mode or the tennis uh, practices that they're already doing. Yeah, that's kind of the missing link, missing secret weapon for a lot of athletes in a variety of sports is to strengthen that aerobic base, that fitness foundation, so that whatever workouts you do, you can launch from a higher fitness platform. You're stronger. You can last better for an hour or a two-hour training session. I mean, look, some of these teams, uh, some of the sports teams at UCLA, they practice for three hours every single day. That's a lot of endurance required just to get through practice where you're throwing in uh, a lot of explosiveness and the other uh, energy systems that are independent from your aerobic conditioning, your aerobic endurance. So great letter from the tennis player. And on we go to another one. Hey, Brad, can you help me with this question? I've been practicing intermediate fasting, 16-hour fast, 8-hour feeding window. Very popular. Typically, that's a 12 noon to 8 p.m. eating window. And when you hear that term eating window, uh, remember that we're not talking about someone that starts eating at 12 noon and, and eats all throughout that time period. It's just when the calories are consumed are inside that window, typically uh, a lunch and then a dinner meal, right? And I just got off a great podcast with Dr. Kate Shanahan for her new book, The Fat Burn Fix. And she's talking about the importance of staying away from snacking, too, because every time you snack, you kind of light up your uh, hunger hormones, which are closely calibrated to your circadian rhythm. So if you have a tendency to snack at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m., you're going to get hungry at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. every day. And as soon as you eat anything, even if it's a delicious, nutritious, keto-approved, high-fat snack, you're going to shut off body fat burning, 
in order to burn the thing that you've consumed. If it happens to be a snack with carbohydrate, then we're talking about uh, even more repercussions, such as the spiking of insulin and putting you on the energy, appetite, uh, roller coaster where you're going to need another snack an hour later and so forth that we're all pretty familiar with. So trying to eat in a compressed time window gain all those benefits of fasting, but of course, eat plenty of food. An eight-hour window is plenty of time to get all the calories you need during the day and also stay away from snacking, uh, period, inside that, inside that eating window. Okay, so this listener is 44 years old, 61195, 5 to 6% body fat, getting lean and mean, showing the six-pack, been a triathlete for 20 years, same weight and body fat. Uh, I've done 19 Ironmans all around the world. A heavy weight training athlete. Uh, total body routine three days a week. Working out twice a day, five to seven days a week. This is a big time athletic commitment here. And it's going to be interesting to cover these questions. You could probably guess what my answer is going to be uh, at a moment. So he does cardio in the morning, seven days a week, fasted just on a cup of coffee. Uh, that could be a swim workout, uh, a long uh, session on the bike happens a couple times a week, fueled by just a cup of coffee, uh, maybe a double shot of espresso inside the ride. So nothing to eat for the first three hours into the ride, just to hone that fat-burning abilities, sipping the branch chain amino acids, doing all the cutting-edge stuff, doing the best they can. Uh, then they have uh, an amino acid shake 30 minutes after the workout. So no calories after the workout for that short time window. And the idea there is to optimize the uh, flowing of the adaptive hormones in the bloodstream after the workout. That would be testosterone, growth hormone, things like that. Hey, man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gaines Wave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gaines Wave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gaines Wave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary Band-Aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gaines Wave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainsway from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainswave providers that you can find on their website near you. Complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gaines Wave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit GainesWave.com Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments, and get one free. 
You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Okay, so you're going to get the total badass vibe here. That's a lot going on, a lot of hard work and a lot of discipline with the diet, banking those fasted hours and pushing the body with an incredible workout regimen. And sure enough, here comes the question. The only issue I have is that I crave sugar in the evening or just more calories. Is there something I need to look for or check with the doctor why this is going on or some supplements that can help me last through the evening? Uh, he says he's been a personal trainer for over 20 years, still learning. And his thoughts are that um, he's not getting enough calories through the day, not sleeping enough, maybe lacking some nutrition. What do you think, Brad, as an re- endurance athlete and professional for a long time? I appreciate your help. Okay, so yeah, you think, uh, in terms of his speculation, uh, this is a, a very extreme training regimen. And possibly when you stack all these uh, challenges to the body, such as biking for three hours with just a cup of coffee, uh, you know, burning that many calories, doing that many workouts, uh, that low body fat, and and uh, throwing in the the low carb aspects as well. Waiting uh, before getting home to um uh, to to consume any calories so you can get the hormone boost. When you add that all up and stack that all together, you are very likely talking about too much stress overall to the organism. And then you threw in that you're not sleeping enough, which is uh, very alarming when you're trying to follow that kind of approach. So if you're already ultra, ultra low body fat, you're training that hard, you've done 20 Ironmans, you're obviously a fit specimen, uh, I think you can easily uh, give yourself a pass to consume more calories, to not worry about the uh, restrictions when you're waiting three hours to eat something on the bike ride. Um, you know, it compressed eating window probably would benefit from consuming more carbohydrate calories when you're burning that many carbohydrates and you're at five to six percent body fat. So overall, for uh, all listeners to appreciate is when you're showing signs of healthy metabolic function and healthy athletic abilities, you're kind of in a different category than someone who is struggling with metabolic damaged, uh, a dysfunctional fat burning system, uh, symptoms of uh, poor health, uh, immune problems, autoimmune problems, inflammatory problems. Uh, there's going to be a different set of decision-making parameters to follow in terms of uh, how many carbohydrates should I allow into my diet, uh, how much fasting should I engage in, things like that. Uh, a lot of experts, especially some of my favorites, Dr. Kate Shanahan, Dr. Phil Maffetone, describe that fasting itself is a stress. So if you're already uh, in a category such as uh, sluggish thyroid or adrenal dysfunction, you have uh, gut dysfunction, leaky gut syndrome, things like that, uh, the fasting could be too stressful for you. And instead, what you might want to do is fuel yourself with a nutritious whole foods breakfast, uh, lunch and dinner, what have you, whatever you need. Uh, but, you know, getting that good food in and not challenging the system until you're ready to get uh, a positive, beneficial, adaptive experience from, let's say, going on a 16 and 8, 16 hours fasted, 8 hours eating window pattern like the previous question, or in this athlete's case, these extreme athletic goals and fasting three hours into the ride and spiking it with a shot of espresso in the middle of the ride. My personal opinion, that seems like a bit of overkill because when you're out there pushing your body with a challenging workout, long duration workout or high intensity workout, 
you already have the stress hormones flowing to allow your system to function optimally to perform the the work. So taking a shot of espresso in the middle uh, is possibly unnecessary and quite possibly harmful in certain ways. And I think the fallout that this listener is experiencing uh, is described at night when you're craving sugar in the evening. And that's kind of a, uh, a, a crash and burn indication from an overly stressful day. So when we go into overstress mode, when we go into excess sympathetic nervous system stimulation, that's known as the fight or flight component of the autonomic nervous system versus the parasympathetic, which is known as the rest and digest when you overstimulate par- when you overstimulate sympathetic and you don't have a healthy balance of stress and rest patterns throughout your day you are going to be in sugar craving mode you're going to be pushed in that direction and it's all the chips are all going to fall uh, in the evening hours when you're bombed out and the way that your body needs to regain energy or the sensation is uh, extreme craving for uh, quick energy foods like sugar. So I want to see you uh, consuming more calories during the day, just as you speculated, uh, including more healthy carbohydrates probably. And there's going to be more questions on this in future shows from people wondering if they can perform these great endurance feats and adhere to the low carb or the keto scene. And so just as a sneak preview, we'll cover it more. Uh, But yes, people are doing it. They're doing it very well. However, it seems like a highly advanced strategy. Uh, Don't try this at home or don't try it at home until you are showing signs that you're highly fat adapted and can feel great. For example, skipping one meal, skipping a second meal, performing a workout during that time. Let's say you're fasted for 16 or 18 hours. You can do a workout just fine. You can go along for a couple hours afterward just fine. Things like this, indicators that you're really, really good at burning body fat. And then you can explore some of the uh, additional benefits offered by uh, pairing extreme exercise with low carb. And so you're this keto burning machine. And you've heard some of the leaders in this space talk about uh, the great performances. Dude Spellings, my guest on the podcast, who did a double crossing of the Grand Canyon, nearly 50 miles with tens of thousands of feet of climbing uh, on almost no calories. I think he had to cheat at mile 38 and slam a couple coconut butter packets, but then finishing this incredible event and fasting for another 10 hours overnight. Absolutely astonishing uh, breakthrough in human performance and also possibly uh, an indication of where we're headed in the future with advanced recovery techniques. Because when you're in a fasted state, you're anti-inflammatory, you're enhanced cellular repair, all these great things are happening if you can handle it. Most people couldn't imagine (laughs) finishing a 50-mile extravaganza in the Grand Canyon and then declining to eat for another eight hours while your friends all around you are slamming pizzas. Uh, But that was Dude Spelling's story. You'll listen to that on the podcast. And uh, guys like Luis Villasenor, who's a competitive uh, powerlifter bodybuilder and the proprietor of the wonderful Keto Gains website and Keto Gains movement, helping thousands of people uh, reduce excess body fat uh, with the ketogenic approach. He's uh, achieving great things as an athlete, and he's been strict keto for nearly 20 years and counting. 
uh, Zach Bitter, the ultra runner who has uh, the Human Performance Outliers podcast with Sean Baker, uh, doing the ultra stuff, the extreme endurance stuff on a uh, largely carnivore-ish uh, dietary pattern with uh, low carbohydrate intake overall, although he does fluctuate uh, in and around his performances. So it's a very nuanced strategy that can be uh, considered for people who are way deep into this game. But prior to that, or if you're showing these signs, like the uh, listener writes in, craving sugar in the evening, you got to take a look at uh, your overall program there and realize that there might be some further optimization to stay out of that uh, stress hormone bath that comes when the stress factors uh, add up to be uh, a little bit too much overall. Whew! Fun stuff. Keep them coming, peoples. We will do some more Breathe the Shows where we do Q&A. Love to make this an interactive experience. And please tell others about the show. That's how we grow and spread the message and counter a lot of the BS that's still being spewed out there in the diet scene, especially in the fitness scene. Makes me frustrated that people are trying their hardest to do the right thing, to do what they've been told, and to go out there and follow an ill-advised approach that's destined to lead to burnout, breakdown, illness, and injury. Breaks my heart. So I want people to have fun, take it easy, get over themselves, make good choices with their dietary patterns, their exercise, lifestyle, sleep habits. And so I appreciate your support in spreading the word. One way you can do that is to leave a review on the resource that you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, Apple iTunes is the most prominent one, and you have to go on uh, desktop iTunes in order to leave a review. It's kind of a pain, but you can pull up the show on your desktop, and there's a, a button that uh, allows you to access all the reviews. We have a ton of really nice reviews. I appreciate the people that have taken the time to do it. And if you can add to that, then we rise up the rankings and get more attention and more listeners. So that would be a huge help, a huge thank you for doing that. And if you listen to your podcasts with uh, other uh, apps, like I use this really cool one called Overcast, uh, you can go out there and leave a review and get even more attention because a lot of times there's not a lot of reviews on these uh, peripheral podcast providers. So you could shape culture, influence culture, leaving a nice review and telling people to listen to the Get Over Yourself podcast, where all kinds of crazy stuff happens, especially at the end of the show. You leave me so lonely. You leave me so lonely. You make me so lonely, I could die. Bam, 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 bam. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.